This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 99, Ultimate Summer Reading List. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, Can we just talk about the fact that this is our 99th episode, Beck? I can't believe it, honestly. No, really. Like I kind of, as I We're was saying, it, it was freaking me out. One hundred. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh We're almost gosh. a senior citizen podcast almost, at this point. Almost. I think senior citizen starts at sixty-five, but it's fine. It's fine. No, a hundred is the new sixty-five. <laughs> You guys, I'm Becky Higgins, and Becky Proudfoot is that other cute voice over there, and we're so delighted to be with you for another week of this podcast that apparently we've been doing for nearly 100 episodes, and we're we're just like, it's blowing our minds, right? and that's exciting. I'm excited for what we're about to talk about, Beck. This is something that you've been really excited to share, and mm-hmm. I think that it's really timely because yeah. we are in the thick of summer. Um, I think that everybody needed a minute to figure out how the end of the school year for most people, not everyone, but how that transitioned into summer when you're like, wait, weren't we just in summer? This is a summer that will never end, honestly. I know. So, but this is great. I am really excited to hear what you have in store for us. And, um, I just wanted to say that before we even get into the episode that I've not read a single book this summer. But I've taken an audio course. A really good one, I've heard. really good one, because I've told you about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, The Power of Listening. Is that the name of it? Something Listening with Roger K. Allen. We'll link to it in the show notes. But I just wanted to shout out to audio courses also, because reading is so important and enjoyable. Um, Also, audio courses, video courses, like learning, reading, consuming, really good stuff. Yeah. All of it's so good. But your... What you're focused on are books, correct? Yeah, and I think it's important to note. I I agree with you. I love the audio courses. I also, I'm I'm a book reader. I like to hold the books, and mm-hmm. there's something about being able to know what like how many pages are left to go mm. for me. Like I need to know how to manage my expectations if there's like not that many pages left and we haven't tied it up nicely. I just am an old school reader, but love that. this year I also have kind of opened up to the world of Audible where um, I have been doing some audio listening as well. And I kind of resisted it for a long time, but it really, it's great. It's really awesome. Just listening to the author or the reader of the book. um, There is something powerful in that as well. It's all good, you guys. Like really, no matter how you slice it, doing things like this is so good in your life. Okay, I'm excited to get into it. But first, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. One quote that has resonated so deeply with us is, if you do what you have always done, then you will get what you have always gotten. A big part of cultivating a good life is taking time to evaluate if it's time to make a shift. It can be so hard to carve out intentional time devoted to this kind of self-care. If you're feeling a little nudge in your heart right now, listen up, because we want to tell you about an opportunity to join us for a life-changing week at a place that is very near and dear to our hearts. You've probably heard us both gush about how much we love Movara Fitness Resort, and it's for good reason. We have both experienced the magic of Movara and the benefits of strength, clarity, and personal alignment that come from this unique and personalized wellness program. This isn't just about getting your body moving in the right direction. It's also about self-discovery and becoming reacquainted with your potential. 
There is something so special that happens when we're able to step away from our lives and focus on self-care. We come home more fulfilled, feeling more peace, and have greater clarity on how we want to live our lives. The people at Movara are 100% devoted to your wellness and progression. We invite you to plan ahead and join us at Movara January 17th through the 24th, 2021. Join us for a week of hiking, movement, nutrient-dense meals that you don't have to prepare, informative classes, inspiring discussions, and plenty of self-reflection. Whether you're able to come to the Becky Week at Movara or not, be sure to drop our name when you call to inquire or get yourself signed up anytime this year. When you tell them that we sent you, you'll save $200 off the weekly fee and you'll get a $50 resort gift card that can be used anywhere at the resort. The number to call is 833-342-1671. The friendly staff at Movara will answer all the questions you have. And of course, you're welcome to reach out to either one of us on Instagram if you have more specific questions for either one of us. Again, the number is 833-342-1671. Your Movara experience will be unforgettable and a total game changer in your life. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Are you ready? Are you gonna make me like read a book this summer? You bet I am. I'm not out of time. No, you're never out of time. (sighs) In fact, reading is something that like I have loved historically my whole life. Mm -hmm. But in my adulthood, I've gone through like it's like feast or famine. I go through periods where I don't. Mm. I feel like I don't read anything but like um, self help books or audio books, and then I get back to like really indulging in fiction books, like fiction books that bring me so much joy and this was one of my goals in quarantine was to like really take the time to read some really good books I love that and And I I have to say sorry yeah I just I a nod to ebb and flow a nod to times and seasons because when you were saying sometimes I'm good about this it's feast or famine sometimes I'm not there's no downside to that. I actually really like that we rotate through some of these seasons where we're really yeah. ramping something up and then sometimes where we're like, eh, it kind of goes by the wayside. So good for you. That's I'm cultivating. Awesome. I'm learning in in all this craziness and time and downtime we've had though to to cultivate like these little indulgences in my life because I realized that um, I was getting to a place where if I wasn't listening to like a really – intellectual audiobook and doing something else I was feeling like I wasn't productive hmm. and so it was hard for me to kind of put all like productivity aside to simply just sit down and enjoy a good book and so I'm kind of trying to like rediscover the lost art of like reading of reading of like <laughs> moments like that mm-hmm. and and not feeling like I have to be so productive all the time that's awesome good for you Be- Beck I was gonna say babe good babe. for you babe so I'm rediscovering um my love of reading fiction. And so I've compiled a list um, and I've tried to really like hit a bunch of different genres of fiction that I've read. And and some of these books I read and I'll let you know if I read it or not um, of, of just all different kinds of books of my favorite ones of what has left a big impact or ones I've really enjoyed. I tried, I didn't put any of the like super, super popular books that you probably would have known um, on here. Although you might know some of these also, um, just kind of as a little nod here is that I am not a girl who likes um, R-rated books, I guess you'd say. And that doesn't just mean like involving um, 
you know, like sexual themes, but also like super violent ones. And so there won't be any books like that. Um, there are some books on this list that would be more PG-13 due to language or content. And I will warn you and I'll let you know if there's any, cool. you know, w- what I think it would be, um, who who, and what it would be appropriate for. So just so I understand, are you including some books on the list that you haven't read, but you're recommending based on what you So have I have heard? a list. I, all the books in the first part are ones I've read. And then I actually went to Instagram and compiled a bunch of, of mm. books just for myself to read. Uh. And so I also have... All the books that I'm going to list after are ones that are purchased and in my lineup. Yep. yep. Okay. So, That's and, awesome. And I went on. Some of these, I'm going to give you some of the synopsis of the book because honestly, some of these books I was trying to describe and it sounded so dumb. So I was like, I just need to go see what the author says about it. Hmm. So that you get a good, um, a good vision of these cool. books. I'm so excited. Okay. So to start off, um, this first series is one of my favorite series of all time. It's from one of my favorite authors named Shannon Hale, and she has a ton of books out. The series I'm going to talk about um, first is called The Goose Girl series. And The Goose Girl is uh, a fairy tale, I guess you would say. So it's a reimagined fairy tale, of a telling of a classic fairy tale. The thing I love about Goose Girl is these are books I would read with my 7-year-old, my 11-year-old, or honestly, the first time I read them, I totally read them just like on my own for joy, and they were so good Fun. it's a series of four books um this book talks it's a reimagined fairy tale like i said about a goose girl who is going to become queen in the process she learns about herself and her power and what that means in her life and then there is a great cast of characters that gets developed and so book two focuses on another character um in the series and on and on so there's four books in this series these books are ones that you can read with your kids out loud with your just yourself like they're fantastic books. That's so cool. So that's The Goose Girl. Okay. And that's by Shannon Hale. Awesome. Okay, the second little series I want to talk about is also by Shannon Hale. Shannon Hale is a really really beautiful storyteller and they're the kind of books you can really escape into and the thing that I love about Shannon Hale is just that she writes and it's so appropriate. For everyone, she does not rely on, you know, anything gratuitous to like make her stories sparkle. Like she is mm. just that good of a writer that she doesn't need any of that. That's so cool. Um, okay, now the title of this, when I first heard it, I was like, that sounds like the dumbest book ever. Um, it's called The Princess Academy. Okay, and I know that probably sounds like something you'd buy at like a school like book drive type thing (laughs) like it sounds like something my kids would have written on a paper for me to buy them from school um these books are amazing and there is now three books in the series so the first one's called princess academy the second one is called palace of stone and the third one is called um the forgotten strangers the first book princess academy is a newberry award-winning book which means it's just like noted as a really, really great read for um, families. So the series centers around this young girl named Mary, and she is brought into a big city with all the girls in her village to be trained because the prince of the village is going to pick one of the girls to be his bride, um, which kind of, it sounds kind of cheesy when I say it. Trust me and read this book. Um, so it's kind of like a coming-of-age tale as this girl is navigating Um, Her love of where she comes from, the new opportunities laid before her, um, and tests her ability to lead in the face of opposition. So, 
super, super, super good book series. So So that is The Princess Academy by Shannon Hale. Okay, my third book is from the author of the Twilight series. So those are written by Stephanie Mayer, and she wrote another book. She's actually written two books um, separate from Twilight. One is called The Host, and this was made into a movie a few years ago, Um, and this is more of kind of a science fiction book. Um, I'm going to go ahead because I tried to write this and I was like, when I write it, it sounds so dumb. So I'm just going to read exactly what's on the author's page about the book, The Host. Um, it says, our world has been invaded by an unseen army. Human become, become hosts for these invaders. Their minds taken over while their bodies remain intact and continue their lives apparently unchanged. Most of humanity has succumbed while Melanie, one of the few remaining wild humans is captured. She is certain it will be her end. Wanderer, the invading soul who has been given Melanie's body, was warned about the challenges of living inside a human, the overwhelming emotions, the glut of senses, the too vivid memories. But there was one difficulty Wanderer didn't expect, the former tenant of her body refusing to relinquish possession of her mind. Um, So this kind of goes, the story goes on and it talks about this relationship between Wanderer and, and Melanie And if it's sounding cheesy, again, just read it because it's actually super, super good. Really, really well written. I really enjoyed this book. That's cool. And I love a little science fiction. It is. They sound cheesy when you talk about them, but really it's a great book to kind of escape into. And again, um, I would say that this one, I wouldn't read this to like my littlest daughters, but I would say this is young adult Mm -hmm. and up appropriate. I think that having a little touch of science fiction sometimes for me, I've noticed like in movies, I just, it's just entertaining. It's enjoyable. It's, it is. It's interesting. It's It's different. an escape. It's a world yeah. totally different than the one yeah. you live in. Yeah. And that is what, um, sometimes you just like a good story that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with your life. Doesn't really make you think. It just is an escape. And it's yeah. That's a good fun. point. You don't always have to. Yeah. Beck, you and I have similar personalities. Yes. That we, you don't always have to have like a life lesson. Right. <laughs> and sometimes exactly. it, that is the point of the story is yeah. just to go to another place. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Um, okay. So my next book was one of my first quarantine books that I read. Um, it's called Little Fires Everywhere. And hmm. this is um, written by an author named Celeste Ng. And you may have heard this one before because Reese Witherspoon talks about it all the time. Hmm. They actually just... Um, created and released a Hulu series starring Reese and then Carrie Washington, who um, was actress from Scandal. I watched some of these, the Hulu ones, but it got a little too um, racy for me, so I had to stop watching it. It also kind of follows the story, but it doesn't follow it super closely. Um, so if you've seen the Hulu series, you'll love the book a whole lot more. Hmm. Um, little Fires Everywhere. It's a novel that's set in a picturesque little town um, that is just kind of toted, I wouldn't say Pleasantville, but is kind of touted as being like this really just clean, wonderful town. Um, they think they're super progressive, and it, you find out that not everything is as perfect as it really seems. Um, but it really does deal with that like suburban veil of perfection um, and digs into the real stories of the people who live there. And it's very, very interesting. It's also short. I like to alternate my books. Like some of these are like a trilogy. um, And then one is like a standalone. Like the host is a standalone little fires everywhere. And sometimes I like to just read like that one quick story. That's awesome. And so it's a very 
very good book. I like to consume content like that just in general as well. Like sometimes um, in my listening experience, like listen to a few podcast episodes and mm-hmm. then dive into an audiobook. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that same kind totally. of idea. Yep. Keep it interesting. I think that that would be um, important for each of us to think about on an individual level when it comes to media is um, be in tune with the way that you enjoy it most. Yeah. And if you're feeling burned out or not or bored or whatever, look at the way that you're consuming it. Right. Yeah. Very and cool. also don't just go to the books that like seem obvious that you'd love. Like mm. really look at the list of what's popular, what's really well liked, what, you know, there's a lot of things like, well, if you like this book, you'll probably like this book. I found a lot of good books that way because hmm. if I just read what I thought looked good all the time, no, I that's a good point. I wouldn't have a very diverse reading list. Well, sometimes my most profound reading has been because it's been books that are recommended. Mm-hmm. Not always, yeah. you know, but sometimes that's how you find them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this one is another series. It's a three-part series. It's a trilogy, and it's called The Ash Princess. And it's by Laura you Sebastian. Really like princesses. I know. There's a lot of like dystopian novels and like a dystopian book or novel series is one about like a society who has, you know, is separate than one that you ever know. It's a fictional society that suffered opposition and kind of the tale of that. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those books. Um, so like I said, it's a trilogy and it's about a girl who is a princess of a kingdom that was conquered. Um, and it follows her journey to kind of reclaim her throne and fight the injustice of the wrongs done to her people. So I would say it's a tale of self-discovery and it's just another book that's a really, really good escape. And so this one, like I said, is a three-part series. This one is totally young adult appropriate. I don't think my little ones would be super interested in it, but um, a really, really good read, easy read. Fun. Okay, so... Have you ever heard of Proper Romance? Nope. Okay. So Proper Romance books are romance books devoid of like really intense sexual content mm-hmm. and usually set in like, these are set, I'm trying to remember, um, I think one is set in England and one is set in Ireland um, and I could be totally wrong so don't quote me, but set in like a time past. Mm-hmm. So those books are called Proper Romance and there's two of these is books. Is Proper Romance the genre or the title? It's the genre. Okay. And the, the two books I'm going to tell you about are written by the same um, same author. Her name is Julianne Donaldson and she wrote two books. One is called Edenbrook and one is called Blackmore. Mm-hmm. And they're both very clean, proper romances, really great stories, easy, light reads. They're not super duper long. Um, these are totally appropriate for everyone. And they're just really good, clean, like a great little romance story. That's fun. I'm glad that you yeah. brought that up because I'm not an avid reader. I do love reading, but I'm not an avid reader, never have been. Um, and enjoy books here and there and whatever. Um, but I have always thought of the romance genre as what just romance, like, yeah. like you said, it kind of crosses the line sometimes for yes. me personally. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of that, but I've never read one. So I wouldn't know the distinguish, um, difference between. And so for you to describe that, thank you for, you know, You're there's welcome. probably like two or three other people on the planet that are like me and naive enough to know that that or to not know that that was an entire genre. I um, didn't know it was called a genre until I actually have a friend right now who's writing a proper romance. And she's like, well, those are proper romance. And I was like, well, what the heck's proper, proper romance? romance? I was yeah. like, it's clean romance. She's like, no, no, it actually has a name. And it's no, called proper totally romance. Known. Yeah, I didn't yes. realize that. And when our friend comes out with that book, we will surely share about that. Heck yes. Um, okay, the last in this kind of like 
just fictional escape books is this series that I stumbled upon because I was looking for another series and I purchased the wrong one. And this has Whoops. maybe been one of my favorite series I've ever read in my life. In Love fact, a happy accident. Even talking about it, I'm like, I really want to go back and read those again, which wow. I never do. So I really want to read these again. But it is um, by an author named Amy Carter. And the series is called The Goddess Test. And, okay, I'm trying to think of the greatest way to describe this to entice you all to read it. Because if you like fiction in any way, shape, or form, you will love these mm. books. Um, and this is also a series. And I just looked on Goodreads last night. And they've actually come out with some novellas. So, like, different stories from the same kind of world of it. Not part of the actual series, but part, you know, just kind of additional books I'm totally going to be reading. Okay. So... It's a story about this girl who moves to a new town and meets this guy and discovers that he's actually Hades, like the Greek god Hades. Okay. Okay. And essentially the whole storyline is about this girl realizing that the Greek gods and goddesses, so Aphrodite and, you know, the Titans and all these things were actually real Hmm. and that they were real people and... It talks about her story with these Greek gods and goddesses. It is so interesting. It's 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 a storyline like I've never read anything like it that deals with the Greek gods and goddesses. I guess Percy Jackson does a little bit, but that's more of a, a kid's book. Um, so interesting to I think it's really cool when authors take like a story we know like Goose Girl of Shannon Hill or you know the greek gods and goddesses here and then they insert like this entire narrative into the cracks of their story Mm. and it becomes like this really robust but well-known storyline that sounds they're so so good really 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 good books i love them so that's the goddess test series and all these by the way i made sure they're all available on amazon um and some of them are available on um audible very convenient. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for doing so, that legwork. You're welcome. Okay, so the next section I want to talk about is historical fiction. And um, we actually really love historical fiction. The reason why is because when you read historical fiction, it puts you in the shoes of a people, of a race, of a nationality, of a time that you can't you can't understand because you weren't there but when you enter like into these stories it gives you a greater understanding of cultures and challenges and things people went through and when you personalize it through characters for me it it helps me really grow my understanding of um of just people's life experience that are not part of my life totally so the first one is a book called The Hotel on the Corner of Bitter and Sweet Um, And it's written by Jamie Ford. And it's about this guy um, who discovers this hotel called the Panama Hotel. And it's um, and it's in Seattle. And Seattle used to have a section called Japantown um, way back when, like when immigration really got revved up. And um, it had been boarded up for decades. But this new owner comes in and he finds all of this paraphernalia the belongings of some Japanese families who were actually sent to internment camps um, during World War II so if you don't know what internment camps are um, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor there the U.S. rounded up 
Japanese people and put them in internment camps. And they were not like concentration camps, but they were um, they were just like unjustly kept in these camps for like national security. And it talks about um, the stories of these internment camps, of the people that lived during that time, of the racism against Japanese who had lived in America forever or maybe were even born in America, but because their country was warring with America, just their experience um, being Japanese Americans in our country during that time. Mm. And it's great because I had never, like I knew about the internment camps, but I had never really like thought about it, honestly. Yeah. And and it talks about this this piece of our, our country's history that I think needs to be honored and needs to be remembered and honestly needs to be understood mm, that's very cool. so that's a really good one the hotel on the corner of bitter and sweet by jamie ford okay our next one is a historical fiction book that takes place in 19th century china it's called snow flower and the secret fan it's by lisa c and um i admittedly when i read this book really knew nothing about 19th century China. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I can't say I know anything right? about 19th century and So it's China. a story of a young girl from a poor family, and her name is Lily. And there was a tradition in China during that time that they would pair girls up as pen pals from, like, different stages of life. So she is paired up with a girl named Snowflower, whose family is more wealthy. And the whole book goes about telling the story between Lily and Snowflower and them growing up. And it talks about Chinese foot binding and different rituals done to Chinese girls and and where these girls kind of end up throughout their lives, telling this all through the story of their friendship. Hmm. And it was super interesting to me because, again, I knew nothing about, like, the life of women. I had never really known about foot binding or what that was or or just what these women in China went through during that time. And so it was a really eye-opening and good read. Mm. Okay. It would be so fascinating just to get a it, glimpse it, it into is. like a cultural. Yeah. Yeah. Just that, that perspective that you just don't think about day to day. Yes. Hmm. It was a good one. Very enlightening. All right. The next one, some of you may know, it's called The Help. Have mm-hmm. you heard of that one? Absolutely. Okay. So you know this one. Mm-hmm. I wanted to throw it in though because I think as far as fiction goes, um, dealing with racism, this was a really great book and also has been a, one of the movies we we have watched as a family as we're trying to include um, more people of color and making sure we're talking about those stories um, and making that a part of our family culture. So The Help is written by Catherine Stockett and I will say this novel is um, kind of gut-wrenching. It's set in 1962 in Mississippi and segregation in Mississippi ended, ended in 1954. Um, But although segregation was, like, officially over, the remnants of it just lasted a lot longer than that. And it tells the story of the black women who were the help for the upper-class, rich white women. And it brings to light the harsh reality of racism and entitlement in the United States during that time. And I think it is a really great – it's a good read. It's super interesting, but also is a really good – crack into like starting a conversation about racism and about what happened back then and looking at what is still happening now and it's just a good way to to start a discussion about that I agree just because um historical context is helpful Mm -hmm. so even though that's a fictional story 
it really does very well illustrate and depict um, a like a, a very realistic yeah situation. It does, and I think that is the beauty of historical fiction. Really, is it mm-hmm. helps you to ha- gain um, gain even an ounce of understanding yeah. for a people that you might not understand otherwise. Yeah, yeah I agree. Okay, so my last um, book in historical fiction section is rough. Um, have you ever heard of the book, The Kite Runner? Oh yeah. Okay. So The Kite Runner, and I think there's a movie about it too. Yeah. Um, it's by the same author that wrote The Kite Runner. I've read The Kite Runner as well. I like A Thousand Splendid Sons better. So the book's called A Thousand Splendid Sons. It's by, I don't want to butcher this name, but Khaled Husseini. So the same author as The Kite Runner. Um, A Thousand Splendid Sons, um, is a story that talks about it's set in Afghanistan in the last 30 years um, from it's the time from the Soviet invasion to the reign of the Taliban to post Taliban rebuilding. And the Taliban is something obviously we've all heard about a ton, but something I had very little understanding of. And I had no understanding of Afghanistan's culture, except honestly to kind of, like be afraid it's like a place i would never want to go sure. right yeah and so it talks about afghanistan pre-taliban of mm-hmm. what it was like and the beauty and the culture and then takes you through the reign of the taliban and what that was like mm. for the people that live there um and it deals with arranged marriage it tells the story through a woman um getting into an arranged marriage and just her life and watching her country um, succumb to the Taliban and all, just all the craziness that happens there. So it's a tale of two generations of characters brought jarringly together by the tragic sweep of war, um, the struggle to survive, raise a family, find happiness um, from the history playing out around them. And it, it was such a good book, but it was one of those books that like you get in and you you cannot get out of because it's so... Hmm. But it's hard. Like, it, so is a kite hard runner. It's one of those yeah. ones that it's a hard truth to read. And I was kind of relieved when it was over, but it was so good. And I will never look at that section of the world the same wow. ever again. I love um, anything that helps open your eyes. Yes. Yes. That's that one, so though, great. I would absolutely not recommend for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, there's language, there's, um, there is some sexual content, but um, same as a kite runner. It's not gratuitous sexual content. It's very um, historically accurate and very important to not just the story, but the understanding of the world mm-hmm. during that time. Sure. And so um, there is some of that, but like I said, not gratuitous in any way. Mm. It's not sexy in any way. I'll say that. Right. But it is actually, it's very historically accurate with that. Mm. Very, very, very good book. Okay. The next section I'm going to call like self-help the self-help books that I have really loved my personal favorite genre of all books oh I love it historically so much. I wish it weren't right <laughs> I know that sounds silly but I wish I were more drawn to other categories including fiction um I loved reading fiction as a teenager but I just I just naturally love going back mm-hmm. to this category yeah go go it's- figure well, they're awesome. And I find yeah. myself at least, well, probably at least 70% of the books I read fall sure. into this genre. Mm-hmm. I really, really love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first one is actually a book I bought, Beck's Daughter, um, last month. It's a book called The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. And this was maybe the first self-help book I ever read. 
like when it very first came out. And then I just reread it again this year. Um, and it's by an author named Miguel Ruiz. And um, essentially what this book does is it helps us to identify the source of self-limiting beliefs that are robbing us of joy and creating needless suffering. Um, and so it, it goes through the four agreements that offer a powerful code of conduct that help us to experience freedom, true happiness, and love. Um, it's super. It's a short book. I would. I'm sure my seven year old wouldn't be into reading it, but like I would give it to anyone to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I like too that it is a very broad theology. So um, it talks about a higher power, but I would say that like it's not directed towards Christianity or any kind of religion. It really is just like higher spirituality so you could if you're a member of any faith or no faith like it would be equally valuable um to anyone i, I think that. That it's like it's like the gateway self-help book hmm. so oh, everyone yeah. needs to read this one and it really is it's a short book it's not um it is not super long if i remember the timing of you reading that book I think we had already launched our our audio course because mm-hmm. I feel like I remember you saying something in passing like, Beck, you got to read this book. I forgot that I had read it. I love it. You mm-hmm. got it for Claire, which thank you again. And I, in my mind, I'm like, I think I read that maybe. I can't remember, but I feel like we have it yeah. in our library. And so I'm definitely interested in reading it again. But in regards to the audio course, I feel like you made it a comment like how validating it was of mm-hmm. a lot of the principles, of course, that we It really had about. a lot of crossover. And, you know, I call it the gateway book because it really is like, very entry level like hey let's start thinking about what's going on in your mind Mm. and it kind of cracks that door open of like what it means to self-evaluate and to look at your life and look at your self-limiting beliefs so I think it's one of those books I've read now twice I'll probably read a lot more times Mm. love it okay that's me with seven habits of highly effective yes Mm -hmm. reread it several times in my adulthood always refer back to it recommend it to everyone Mm -hmm. yes yes yeah Okay, so the next book. Okay, so Glennon Doyle, you probably have heard this name. She just released a book called Untamed. Um, That is not the book I'm recommending. I did read Untamed. Um, Untamed, I have very complicated feelings about. It does have language, and it is very bold and abrupt with how it talks about some of the truths of her life, and some of that does talk about um, sexuality. I have very complicated feelings about Untamed, and I don't even know what I think about it. Um, <laughs> like, after I read that, I was like, I need a vacation. Huh. Like, I don't oh, even wow. know. That I know, I'm dying exhausting. for, I, I'm dying, my friend is reading it, and I'm like, we have got to discuss this because I have to debrief. Hmm. Um, and there were parts of it that rang so true and parts of it for me that did not feel true. Hmm. Um, but when I read Untamed, I was like, okay, I need to know more about her because I feel like I don't have a handle on who this author is. Hmm. And so she had written a book prior to that called Love Warrior. And... Um, If you are planning on reading Untamed, before you do that, please go and read Love Warrior. So Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle, um, it talks about Glennon's kind of upbringing, her her journey to trying to find self-love and self-acceptance, which she didn't really find till later in life, and her journey through marriage, um, her husband had an affair, how that affected her, that whole story. Um, 
this book really deals with Glennon's battle to truly know and love herself. Um, it is a really interesting, very eye-opening, good read. But I would say that, like, of all the books I'm talking about, this would be the one that, like, you need to listen to the first few chapters to see if it's right for you. I have not read a more – these books are so thought-provoking, and I don't even know, like, exactly how I feel about them. But I know that they were super thought-provoking, and because of that, I think they're definitely worth reading. Hmm. Um if that sounds at all interesting to you. And it the gets reason, your mind going. Yeah. And the reason why I even put Love Warrior on here was because everyone, it feels like everyone's reading Untamed right now. And hmm. I want to encourage anyone who's thinking about reading that to leave, read Love Warrior first um, to decide if Untamed is something you want to tackle. Awesome. Okay. Next book um, is one I'm almost through. It's a book called White Fragility, and mm-hmm. it's by Dr. Robin D'Angelo. Um, and I'm just going to read you this little synopsis. She says, why is it so hard for white people to talk about racism? Um, it covers, or no, that's a subtitle. Why it is so hard for white people to talk about racism. It covers white privilege, the roots of racism, and basically what to do when you don't know what to do. The reason why I included this on the list is I think the work that I have read from Dr. D'Angelo has been what has helped me. Um, in my journey to examine as we all are this issue of racism and so I included it because if you're looking for a first step to me this is the first step Mm -hmm. like cover you know take out all the noise take out all the really polarizing opinions and if you want to look at it from a really um, undiluted diagnostic almost approach of some very clear facts um, Dr. Robin D'Angelo does a beautiful job of this in white fragility. So it's interesting about that. This is the most frequently recommended book that I have seen on Instagram, right? The only social media channel that I hang out on. Um, and I have seen it recommended. It feels like dozens and dozens of times by dozens of people. Right. Uh, my understanding is that Dr. D'Angelo is white. She's white. And so when I first heard that, I'm like, well, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Like how does, how does that work right Right. shouldn't we be listening more and and i actually heard from um from those in the black community that that book was recommended Mm -hmm. from a a few people like that too so i'm like you know what there there's got to be something about the way this is done yes that nails it on the head so well i think because and essentially what the whole blackout tuesday was about was amplifying the the people of color who who feel like their voices have not been heard and allowing them to speak to what really is their truth to speak to. Mm-hmm. I think where yes. Dr. D'Angelo rings true um, for me in, in white fragility is um, the same way that me as a white female cannot be speaking to an experience of a black of a black female because I don't have that. That's not my voice. That's not my truth. Um, her book is really centered around why it is so hard for white people to talk about racism. And she talks about white privilege. And that makes sense because she yeah. is white. So yes, that and makes that sense is that she her can truth. Speak. Yeah. And it, it was very eye opening for me. Um, you know, you hear a lot of defensiveness around the topic of racism, like, oh, I'm not racist. I'm colorblind. And she really breaks it down to help you understand. I have a greater understanding of racial undertones and also what I feel like some of these 
wonderful black brothers and sisters have been trying to say. Um, and, and for me, this was a book that really helped me to understand and to self-examine. I love so it. So I think it's an I love amazing. It. That's been high on my reading list yeah. for the past month. And um, and I'm looking forward to reading it. Did you finish it? I didn't. I'm about three-fourths oh, of the way through. Oh, that's when you said you're nearly done. Well, okay. it's one of those books, too. And sometimes when I'm reading a really intense self-help book, I have to, like, read half and then go to, like, a fiction to, mm. like, let it – because it's like drinking from a fire hose. Sometimes you need to take a little step away to, like – really be able to process. I was going to ask you about that. If you flip flop between books or just read one altogether and then move into the next one. So thanks for mentioning that. I think it's interesting for people to know that. Yeah. Um, our next book is from Dr. Brene Brown. One of my favorites. I have read all of her books. Mm -hmm. Um, one that I really feel like stands out to me is dare to lead. Mm -hmm. Um, because she talks about leadership and I think what's, what's interesting is I feel like sometimes in this, podcasting social media world we talk about leadership and being inspiring and having you know a status and whatever um but really what what being a leader means in your life is none of those things and what the world needs is leaders who are holding themselves accountable um for recognizing inspiration in themselves inspiration others amplifying that um and developing their potential so this book is not about it totally applies to business, but I'm saying this book is about being a leader in your life, yeah, it about is. daring to lead mm -hmm. and daring to be who you are, choosing courage over comfort, making a difference. And I would say that if anyone is feeling like a little bit lost in their life or lacking inspiration, go to this book. Brene Brown has such an amazing way of storytelling and her books are not only super informative and you know, challenging and wonderful, but they're also like really delightful to read. Mm -hmm. They're really, really good reads. Yeah. And it's research based, mm -hmm. obviously, because yes. that's the nature of Brene Brown's work. Um, but I agree with you that her writing style is delightful. And I've read that book and love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. really. Well, and, and too, um, I've noticed as I have listened to more on Audible, like during road trips or as I'm hiking, I really appreciate when authors read their own books. Yes, and I Renee agree. reads her own books yes, on does. Audible. So does Glennon Doyle. Um, and I, love I really voice. love that. Like, <laughs> I, lo I feel like you get more out of the book when you're listening to mm -hmm. it told in the author's voice. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they're really super good. No, so good. I love okay, it. this next book is one I just read or listened to rather cover to cover on the first, our first section of road trip. We drove from Phoenix or Peoria where we live, which is right by Phoenix to Carmel by the Sea, California. And I drove the whole time and I listened to this book cover to cover on the way. Hmm. Um, and it's called The Sacred Enneagram. Um, I found out about this book because actually Brene Brown on her podcast, Unlocking Us, had interviewed this author. And the Enneagram is something that I have heard about, people have DM'd us about. Like, it's kind of interesting. And I've kind of like dabbled. But sometimes when these like psychological theologies come out and they're super popular, it turns me off a little because you see quizzes online like, find out what Enneagram you are by how you decorate your house or what kind of beverage you like. And we get these like super watered down versions of the Enneagram. And this book, The Sacred Enneagram by Christopher L. Hewartz, um, talks about the root of the Enneagram, which actually has been around 
forever. Mm. Like it's been around for a really long time. Christopher or the author specifically had, has been studying it for over 25 years. And, um, he talks about how, when it came out super popular a few years ago, it kind of, the message kind of got diluted as to what it is, which really at the heart of what the Enneagram is, it's really to connect with yourself and to God more closely. And I had never heard it presented. I didn't so either. when I heard that interview with Brene Brown, I was like, oh, I need to read this book for sure. And um, essentially what it tells you is that the book, or is that the Enneagram rather, deals with not who you are and like defining your personality, but rather like what is your sticky points when you're dealing with conflict mm. and how to overcome that so that you don't block yourself from receiving love and light from the world and from higher power. And it actually, it was such a good book. Um, Do you read it with already knowing your number? So I read it. I've taken a few different Enneagram tests and I thought I knew and then they say, like, there's only a few tests that you're really supposed to take, and they cost money. Um, so I had never taken that one. And I had read a book with my kids called The Path Between Us, and we were just kind of trying to guess each other's Enneagram. And so I kind of thought I knew, and then halfway through the book, I was like, oh, I think I'm something else. And then by the end of the book, um, I knew exactly what number I, am, oh. I number I was. And they say with that, with the test, like, look at the test as a guide, but then really you need to read, like, the actual information, and you'll know, like, which one really rings the most true to you. Do you think that we should be sharing your number for those of our listeners who are wondering? I will say that I think people that have listened to our podcast probably could guess already. Oh, that's so cute. Mm -hmm, for sure. Because there's been, we've, I've actually had, we have people reach out to us all the time wanting to be guests on the podcast, um, and I've had several Enneagram people reach out, and so I'm a seven- same as Danny. Oh, how funny. Mm -hmm. So, yes. And I think I know what Higgins is, but I want her to read and, and uh, see if I'm uh, right. I okay. don't want to taint you with what I think you are. Oh, okay, yeah, because I definitely don't know. But I think you're the same as Brene Brown, so that should make you feel oh, good. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. and I, I just don't know anything about it yet. Yeah. It's really good, and it, it's really insightful and helps you to understand hmm. yourself a little bit more mm -hmm. and the people around you Which, a little bit more. You no, know, that's always a good thing. It's a very good Come thing. Come on. Okay. The next book is called The Heavens Are Open, and it's by Wendy Watson Nelson. Mm. Um, I love, love, love this book. In a time when we are in such crazy, just like craziness happening all around us, this book is a really, really practical and beautiful guide on how to have a more meaningful connection with heaven. Um, she doesn't just talk about this in an abstract way. She actually gives suggestions of how to practice more intention in our conversations with God and how to unblock ourselves and be able to feel his love more fully. Mm. And so if you're looking for a book that is just a really good, feel good, simple, beautiful, practical truth um, in regards to spirituality and feeling closer to God, the heavens are open mm. or is, is going to be a win, going to be a win for you. Ugh. I'm excited to read that one it's on very, my very list. Good. It's official. Um, the next book, I think we've talked about it a few times, but is really worth mentioning again and again to me. Um, it's called Atomic Habits, and mm -hmm. it's by James Clear. Um, I'm just going to read the subtitle because it literally tells you what exactly what it's about. It's an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Um, the reason why I think this book, I will always shout this book from the rooftops, is because we overcomplicate how to what is a bad habit and how to break it. And he gives you a very 
practical, easy, very intuitive way to take habits that you want to create. And rather than self-deprecating and saying, I need to break this, break this, he teaches you how to replace things that you're not loving in your life with new habits, with simple, attainable new habits, and then showing you how to build upon that for a better life. This is required reading for the children in my home Mm. in their teenage years. Mm. I think I'm going to require Weston to read it before he can get his license. Nice. I think that's going to be... It's going to be our rule. That's awesome. Okay. So the next book I'm actually going to make Becky talk about. Okay. It's Essentialism by Greg McEwen. How I would love to have that man on our podcast. Well, do you remember? He's a friend of a friend. (laughs) So we need to, maybe we need to revisit having him, having him on the podcast. So good. Wow. You put me on the spot because I haven't. I know you love this book. I love it so much. I actually made it required reading for our team mm-hmm, totally we all did <laughs> about like, i'm buying you all ago. this book and it is required mm-hmm. uh even if we never discuss it uh but yeah no essentialism was for me i put it i put it on the same pedestal with seven habits of highly effective people right um it is it is an incredibly impactful book that helps you to break down what actually matters the most that's actually essential in your life because guarantee most of us have a lot I was gonna say most but a lot of our life filled with things that are not essential and I don't think that we can see it very easily and that's one of the things that I loved about essentialism is it's more than just decluttering your schedule Mm -hmm. or saying no to things it is a deeper dive into how our lives not just our schedules but our lives are constructed of people, relationships, activities, commitments, um, things in your life. And trust you me, my friend, you listen to the audiobook or read the book and you can't not make change. Right. Really positive change. So that wasn't the summary of the book, but that's no, my that's take perfect. on it. And, and I think the one thing I love that he talks about is as a society, we're not just this way because we're crazy like really our society puts such a high value mm-hmm. on over productivity um they glorify the 12 hour work day you know all these things that are honestly very american um kind of cultural things he kind of breaks it down and gives you permission to to have a more fulfilled life by not making yourself the center of the universe mm-hmm. honestly yeah. that was my yeah. biggest takeaway he says something in the book about um you're you're not as essential as you think you are to the world meaning if you were to go away for a month like the world is going to keep spinning and we we tell ourselves this lie and I've talked about this before but in motherhood particularly that if I don't do it nobody else will and if this doesn't happen the world's going to fall and he says no like sweet person no like that is not the hamster wheel you need to be on Mm -hmm. and so if you were feeling like you're on a hamster wheel read essentialism and, Great book. And that's one I would read again. And I can't say that about many books just yeah. because I like to move on. I don't even hardly repeat movies. Right. You know, I repeat the Hamilton there's soundtrack. there's so much goodness. <laughs> there's so many good things to read. And Yes, there is. Yeah. But that's one I would legitimately reread multiple times in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great refresher. Okay. So now I have four parenting books okay. that I have really, really loved. Um, the first two are both written by the same author. His name is Dr. Leonard Sachs. 
These books were recommended to me as I was having a conversation with a friend who actually is a psychologist about one of my kids and I was just, you know, kind of saying, oh, I'm worried about this. And she said, oh, have you read these books? She said, I recommend them for every parent. Mm -hmm. And so the boys edition is called Boys Adrift. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read you the subtitle because I love when they have really clear subtitles because I need to say nothing more. But it talks about the five factors driving the growing epidemic of unmotivated boys and underachieving young men. Um, So this takes all of the cultural and psychological things that are now a part of our children's upbringing that really wasn't part of ours and gives you the scientific data of how it's affecting um, development and what you can do to kind of course correct and stick with the data and not cultural opinion on how to help our boys to grow up to be men. Mm. and you've told me about that book book. Mm -hmm. very very good books yeah what I liked about it is I like books especially parenting books when I read a parenting book I don't want abstract theology Mm. I want the data and I want actionable takeaways so one of the takeaways I'll quickly give you from boys adrift was it gave you all the scientific data about if you let your child play video games for more than 45 minutes in one sitting there is a clear distinction in the brain after 45 minutes that happens that perpetuates that like I have to keep going I have to keep doing and so um, that was something we implemented immediately in our home was that rule of like we don't let our kids play video games for longer than 45 minutes at a time and that's not a perfect rule in our house but that is our wasn't boys adrift though the same book that helped you to understand that there's actually some good that comes from some video game um element for boys mm-hmm. or am I thinking of a different book no it taught it just ta- it puts Somebody it it's not one that. of those things that it says like don't do this because it's awful it mm-hmm. says here's the data of mm-hmm. like there's also a lot of problem solving and great things but it also talks about kinds of video games and if your yeah. son is playing even 45 minutes a day of shooting games it totally has an effect and there are games that are more brain related that are better for them so it really gives you like this this set of tools based on the culture our kids are growing up in that literally we have no experience with because they're the first generation growing up in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, for me, if you have a boy, this should be mandatory reading. Like, you should get a copy of this in the hospital when you have a boy. <laughs> okay, I hear you loud and clear. And there is a girl's book called Girls on the Edge um, by Dr. Leonard Sachs as well. And I read this book a few years ago when my girls were younger. And now that my oldest is 11, it's time for me to read this again. But the subtitle of that book is The Four Factors Driving the New Crisis for Girls, Sexual Identity, the Cyber Bubble, Obsession, and Environmental Toxins. Hmm. And so it, again, tackles all those cultural and environmental things that our kids are growing up with that we did not grow up with. Because I think that's one of the mistakes we make as parents is we're like, oh, no, this was like this when we grew up. When we grew up, we totally get it. Do you know what we did? And we need to shake ourselves and remember, like, it is not like when we grew up. And so we just need new tools to deal with new problems. Parenting in this day and age. Yeah, it is I love these books. Yeah, Um, that's great. Another parenting book that Taylor and I have loved, it's very hard to read because it is points out where – we might need improvement, but um, it's by Richard and Linda Eyre, and it's called The Entitlement Trap, mm-hmm. and it's how to rescue your child with a new family system of choosing, earning, and ownership, and essentially what it is is don't do things for your children they can do for themselves and teach them how to avoid being entitled. 
so that they become functioning adults. So Again, important. every parent in America should have to read this book. Um, the next book is called iGen. And I read oh, this yeah. book called probably seven years ago and I need to read it again but it's by Jean Twinge Mm -hmm. and um, this book was recommended I went you know I go to seminars and stuff all the time I heard this recommended so many times that I was like fine I'll read it whatever Um, and the subtitle of this one is why today's super super connected kids are growing up less less rebellious more tolerant less happy and completely unprepared for adulthood and what that means for the rest of us Hmm. So, um, it essentially talks about the effect of technology on kids. Um, this is not a book that's like no technology for kids ever. It I literally read a book if that were the just message. gives you the data yeah. and, and helps you to understand because yes. there is very strong scientific data to talk about how to frame technology in your kid's life. So it is an asset for them and not, so it's a tool instead of a liability, um, for your family. Awesome. Okay. So those are parenting books. Now I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to do this quick. Because I know I've given you a lot of information. Um, what is literally on my shelf to read next? These are all. I always have like a bunch of books ready to go. Um, okay. So first one. And I'm not going to give you a synopsis. I'm just going to give you what I know. Um, it's called Once Upon an Irish Summer. And it is written by Wendy Wilson Spooner, who actually is a friend of Becky and mine. And she has written this book that is actually getting like really, really good accolades. Um, good for her. I know. That's and, awesome. And she actually is a great author. It talks about our need for connection. And it's kind of just a heartfelt story about family and connection. Mm. And I'm very excited to read yeah, it. Yeah, that's awesome. We love it. Okay, Wendy. the next one is called Jane Unlimited. It's by Kristen Cashor. Um, and it essentially talks about a girl who has just suffered a loss and her um, kind of finding herself after that loss. So I'm excited to read that one. Um, the one that is currently on my nightstand that I'm a few chapters in is called The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. And it's the same author she wrote. Me Before You, which was made into a movie a few years ago. Um, And this is another historical fiction set in Depression-era America. And it deals with female friendship and um, just a journey with that. Okay, so the next one is another historical fiction. It's by an author named Julie Berry, and it's called Lovely War. Um, And it is a romance set in... um, the days of World War One and Two, and it's set in Paris. So that should be cool. A very good one. Um, this next one, every like when I asked for recommendations, like everyone said to read this book, um, and it's called All Adults Here. So mm, I've heard that too. It it has to deal with an accident and repressed memories and um, parenting. That's actually my, um, I have a girlfriend who <clears throat> we've, we've been friends forever and that's reading is like her number one thing. She is the most avid reader of all my reading friends. Yeah. And that is the one that she said is like so top of her list for recent and she reads a ton of books. Oh, so, really? Yeah, that's just Maybe another. I'll have to bump it up on yeah. my list when I'm done with The Giver of Stars. Um, okay. The next one is actually, if you're familiar with The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. the author, Suzette Collins, just came out with a prequel. So it is the story of mm. what led up to The Hunger Games and President Snow. And it just barely came really? out. So it's called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And hmm. that one is also purchased and ready to be read by me. And will be turned into a very movie. very excited. 
Is it? No, that's, I mean, that's an I don't assumption. Know. I'm not I sure. I hope so, because that's how I will probably. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, Beck. When you see movies of books, no, like no, even no. The Help, I get it. they're not even close to the I, same thing. I fully understand. It's like eating a peanut butter sandwich instead of like a Waffle Love <laughs> Nutella and cookie butter waffle. Okay, now you're talking to my, <laughs> just my language. Saying. No, I just, I. I know I'm not alone in this, that I'm very intentional sometimes that I'm just going to watch the movie mm-hmm. because it will never be my priority to right. read the book. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so because I love stories so much, sometimes I just choose the story and the form of a movie knowing yeah. fully that well, the book is Well, and maybe books that you're not like super invested in, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I just love the entertainment aspect yes. of the story as well. Yeah. Okay. So this next so one is also it. on my list and um, I'm really excited to read this one because it's another one that's been recommended a lot. It's called The Vanishing Half and it's by Britt Bennett. The interesting thing about this book is it is actually a novel about twin sisters who best of friends as children and um, they're African-American and they um as adults kind of um choose to live in two different worlds so one lives in a predominantly black um town and one lives in a predominantly white town and it talks about the separation in their lives um what it what it means and and it talks about all those racial issues but again I love this because it puts it in a setting um of these characters that hopefully I can step into their shoes and understand better um about that and i've heard a lot of people reading this book as a fiction that is especially you know pertinent right now um so that's the vanishing half cool i'm very excited to read that yeah, one. yeah that's awesome and then the last one that's on my list and it's on the bottom of my list because i want to read it but it's not like pressing for me is another one by stephanie Mayer, who wrote the twilight series and it's called the chemist and this is a, su- a suspense novel and i'm not I'm not really super duper into suspense novels, um, but it's about a chemist who used to work for the U.S. government and is has some information and needs to get out and has a target placed on her back and kind of how she navigates that. So that should like be I've heard of that one. That should be a good mm-hmm. read. I like Stephanie yeah. Mayer's writing, but that oh, is yeah, another sure. one. So that is a lot of books, folks. Uh huh. Those are a lot of books. Don't be overwhelmed. Um, don't be. We're going to include <laughs> um, all of these in the show notes. Yeah. I don't know if we'll link to all of them. No, I did make sure you can buy them all on Amazon. Yeah, I think that's the, um, the simplest way. Is yes, we'll just make sure that sure. there's a list of the yes. titles and authors. Yep. And then you can you can Do find them on search. Amazon or mm-hmm. Audible or wherever mm-hmm. you listen awesome. or read books. Awesome. Wow, bad. So there you have it. All Very the books, awesome, and all the world, <laughs> and all the genres, and all the things. And you know what? I I bet I think you would find this pretty fun. Is if you guys, as you're listening, if you have, um, if you have a really great book idea that, or a book that's made an impact on you that you feel like Becky needs to know about, so yes, that the list can be a do. little longer. <laughs> Wait, you know what? Actually, now what? that you're saying that. I don't know what happened. One of the book series that I put on there got deleted, but I have to say it because this has become, um, with our kids on road trips, we listen to book series in the car. And this was actually a new series that we found that has been like, if you like Harry Potter, Mm. you will love these books. So it's called the Magisterium. And I think there's five, maybe six, but I think five. Um, no, it's five. And I don't, it was on my list. I don't know how it got deleted. Um, 
But these books are very Harry Potter-like and um, super good reads. They're actually co-written with Cassandra Clare, who um, has written the – golly, I forgot what they're called. Like City of Glass, City of whatever, all those books. Mm. Um, anyway, she has co-written that with an author, and they are so good. Amazing stories, great for the whole family. Buy it on Audible. Pop, you know, pop it in. Listen to it with your kids. Go on a road trip. Go to the, go find a mountain or go find the wilderness. <laughs> Listen to these books, and you're gonna love That's the so Magisterium. Fun. That's so fun. Sorry and about I that. Love how much your family has enjoyed those some of these books together as well. Very cool. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for that that delightful read. list. Yeah, go read. <laughs> go go read. Find nature and read. Well, friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen as always and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing that we have said or that Becky has recommended for that matter is more important than what you have felt. Maybe you have felt like there's a book that is personal for you. We invite you to write down that prompting act on them, read that book and remind and remind you that we do love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Cultivate a Good Life, episode 99. (laughs) I was just really excited. Yeah. (laughs) That is exciting. You have probably heard us both gush about how, right? Mm -hmm. Gush, dang it. (laughs) I didn't do that on purpose. Gush, gush, dang it. (laughs) Gush.